The Credible Nerds present the Marvel Cinematic Universe Review Show with your hosts, Justin and Mark. Thanks, everyone, for joining us here on the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? And today we want to bring back and welcome back one of our longtime guest hosts who's joining us again, uh, Kimball. Hello, nerds. How are you guys doing? Yeah, so we went and saw Eternals over the weekend this past weekend. Uh, we both, or uh, all three of us actually, we're able to see it in theaters and we're able to sit down and watch it. We talked about it a little bit uh, previously. So we are still, for me, I'm still kind of evolving and forming my opinions, uh, my overall opinion. I do have some opinions about it and, and I want to get into that in this podcast with Mark and Kimball. Um, we've been talking about the Marvel cinematic universe for quite some time. I think one of our first podcast uh in the first few months where we started breaking down the different marvel movies we got a whole series on on that so go back and check out our marvel cinematic reviews starting with uh captain america the first avenger and so this will be part of that series but you know we we've watched all the movies we've seen the shows um wandavision loki you know we've been immersed in the cinematic universe. I'm not as versed in the comics as a lot of people are. I don't know about for you, Mark and Kimmel, but for me, it's mostly the the shows and the movies. So that's kind of my frame of reference. I go back and look online about, you know, who is this character and what was their role in the comics, but mostly it's just the, the movies that we've, that I've been watching and referring to, but um, for initial impressions, let's get into that. So Kimball, you want to eat, Tell us your initial thoughts on, on Eternals and what you thought of it as far as a, a movie. Yeah, as far as a movie, it was um, coming into it. I didn't expect I didn't have high expectations because one, I didn't have context. Who are the Eternals? Because I'm like you. I didn't grow up with comics. I just watched the MCU. So I didn't I have no idea what these are. I actually thought they were going to be X-Men. Um, but no, that wasn't the case. So after watching it, I had good reviews, thought it was a uh, pretty good film. As far as the 24 movies we're at now, I'd rank it in the high teens. Um, Not the best, but definitely not the worst. I think it gives a lot of good um, context to the MCU as a whole. And it, it changes, not, not changes, but it, um, it takes it to the next level because it's not just a, not just an origin story, just to tell a story, but actually takes it to, okay, who's this, um, who's the next bad guy going to be? And what's his name? The guy with the six eyes, the red celestial. There's so many names in this movie. I couldn't keep track of them all. That was the drawback of it, but so many people. There was a couple of them, right? There was Tiamat who was in earth. Yeah. And I, I can't pronounce his name correctly. Arashem. So that guy who's red, he's a celestial. I'm just thinking, okay, I'm rating him. Okay, what's he like? Is he better than Thanos? Is he better than uh, Kong, that guy from Loki? And so it, this is just, that's why I liked this movie Eternals because it puts it on that higher level rather than just simply an origin story. So I, I found it a, a pretty good movie. Yeah. I, like you said, it brings it in the, the bigger picture. It's more expansive. I, it's more kind of Guardians of the Galaxy-ish where there's, it reveal, pulls back the curtain a little bit more and shows us more of the universe, you know, not mm-hmm. just Earth and what's going on there. Um, for you, Mark, what, uh, what are your initial impressions of the Eternals and what we saw was last night, actually? Um, I think this is a lot different than what we've had in a long time from Marvel. And I don't think we've gotten this kind of depth in a movie setting 
from them ever. But, you know, we've had shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which told a, a pretty expansive story. I think that one got out of hand a little bit. But, uh, we, you know, we have uh, some other ones. WandaVision, which I just cannot bring myself to watch past episode four still. Um, uh, but, you know, Loki is amazing. You know, I think they've had some good storytelling, but not in a movie form. You know, we kind of get the same bag of treats every time. Uh, you know, maybe you change up the characters, but, you know, you really kind of know what you're getting. So this was cool in the, in the fact that I, I got a, a pretty neat story. And I really liked how these characters um, were people in our mythology, right? I mean, they, they actually had, you know, real value in our, our world today. And so I liked that. I mean, there's a lot of cool things. Um, I think my impression overall was uh, that was pretty neat because of the story it told. Um, but as things got started setting in, I think that kind of started changing for the good and the bad on both ways. Overall, when I left the theater, I was thinking like more like a, an eight and a half, you know, somewhere right in there. But as I settled, I, I settled on a seven for me. So, I mean, over, overall, it was, it was a good show. I, I was wowed by it. it. Long, long movie, right? A lot, a lot yeah. to it. A um, lot of new information. I think that if you're sitting on your laurels of what you know from the Marvel universe, you're going to be a little bit um, taken back about like, Oh, like, what is this? Like, what am I watching here? So pretty neat. Uh, a couple references to the Marvel universe, uh, you know, the Marvel universe we know, but not too many, which was also nice. Uh, because, you know, we've, we've seen those characters. I know everything there is about their stories up to now. And so it was nice to know that they're there, but not, you know, this is someone else's story. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I was about a seven for me. Um, the the big red celestial is Arashim. I think Arashim is like the head celestial. That's the, at least the impression I got from the show. Mm -hmm. He's one of the first ones or one of the ones in charge, I guess. Uh, but it was confusing. Like you said, there's a lot of names being thrown around that you hadn't heard if you're not involved in the comics. So I did wonder, you know, are the, is the average MCU viewer going to be confused? Cause you had the, all the different names you had the Eternals, the Deviants, the Celestials, you know, and Basically, they hadn't really, I mean, we saw Ego, who was a celestial in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but his story is pretty um, watered down, I guess you could say, so that it pretty much fitted just, it fit in just that story of, of Guardians. And then I think there was uh, some references elsewhere to this. Oh, yeah, the, the Nowhere in Guardians of the Galaxy, that was a, a dead celestial some have speculated that because ego, he was just the mind of a celestial at the point that we saw him in guardians. So some were speculating that nowhere was like his head or his body, part of his body, but I don't think that's necessarily been defined, but nowhere was the remains of a celestial. So I think those are the only exposure we have, which I mean, coming from the guardian of the galaxy movies, that's good. Cause it's, set in the the broader universe of the marvel cinematic universe that's appropriate um but with so the eternals were sent to destroy the deviants right they were the deviants are set sent to earth or other planets to kind of control the population or um be the apex predator and then the Eternals show up to kill the Deviants to ready the planet for harvest by the Celestials. Is, yeah. is that the gist of it? Yeah, so the, the Deviants were sent there, from what I've been reading, to get rid of like other apex predators like the dinosaurs. Hmm. To prepare the way for the humans. And then the Eternals are there to get rid of the Deviants. And then that way population can grow. So that way the Celestial can come. It just seems like a lot of like okay, we're, we're doing this so we can do that. And then we can do this. And then that, like, yeah, there's a lot of like, it seems like they could have uh, shortened that or not shortened it, but just made it a simpler, like, how about just not have any deviants and that would be easier. Yeah. 
Yeah, it did seem convoluted and complex, overly complex for a I guess that's part of why it was a two and a half hour movie because you had to explain all that. Um, I don't know. It was just, it seemed like it was a big task to be able to introduce all these because it's the start of phase four of Marvel, which is a whole new era in the storytelling. And you got to do, instead of doing all these origin stories, like in phase one with Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, all that stuff. It's all just in one movie, this origin story. So it's pretty pretty complex um for you mark what were as far as the celestials the eternals the deviants did all that make sense what do you think of that i it sounds like it's pretty uh true to the comics at least uh yeah so it was kind of interesting to to hear more about the celestials we don't really know a whole lot about them except for egos right the, the one that we've seen um but reading a couple, I mean, you sent me those links last night, right? A couple of those links, I mean, they pretty much just said they are top notch in the galaxy. Like uh, Odin on his best day and Thanos with all the infinity stones still wouldn't be a match for a celestial. Right. So, I mean, that's the power level we're talking about uh, with these celestials. I mean, they're making universes and worlds yeah. and, and humans. So, I mean, that was kind of neat. Um so I like that aspect of it. Like here are these, you know, like God powered beings, you know, that are above and beyond everything. And now they're starting to get involved in, uh, you know, however they're getting involved. And that was neat. Um, yeah. It's kind of the same way, you know, like, well, if, if you made the deviants, why don't you just kill them? Yeah. You know, like you're literally creating life. You can't take it. I mean, what, what's going on here? You know what, why do you need to make these robotic, eternals to do that for you just mm -hmm. go do it i mean i, I don't get it yeah. so anyways that so that was kind of strange um to me i think one of the real drawbacks for me is that because these characters are new to us these eternals we don't have a whole lot of um backstory you know we don't have a whole lot of uh um, a good solid foundation there. And so they tried to ram it into this two and a half hour movie. And so something like when you got the love story of, is it Circe and uh, um, Icarus? Icarus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Circe and Icarus. It was really tough because, you know, they, they talked about this love story that spanned 5,000 years. And, you know, it showed them in Babylon and then it showed them in this era and, you know, the Greek era, et cetera, and, and marched down the line. And that was cool and all but you could have literally given me a, a five minute explanation throughout, uh, you know, conversation throughout the movie and done the same thing. Like, you know, throwing in that extra 30 minutes to do that didn't bring me any closer to the characters. It didn't all of a sudden make me like, man, these guys' love is so amazing. It, it just didn't do anything except add 30 minutes to the movie. And so there were a lot of that going on where it's like, okay, hey, this is, not really needed some of it was neat you know and and brought some good um storyline to it but some of it really just wasn't you know it was just throwing it in there and making this gigantic amount of information more convoluted yeah i think that this could have been very well if it was a tv series like falcon and winter soldier like this shouldn't have been a movie it should have been spread out over six eight you know ten episodes just like we've been given and it would have been much better. It would have filled in more of that love story because it seemed like they were wanting to push it. Like there's, you know, not just their love story, but then there's the love story of the inventor eternal and his earthly husband. Like Marvel's trying to try something new. It's like, but don't force it. If you want to try this new, do it the right way. And I think it would have been much better as a TV series. Mm -hmm. Well, because then you could have spent two or three episodes you know, like maybe one or two episodes in this era, one or two episodes in this yeah. era, bringing them together and then showing them as they started falling apart, right? Because they were all together and then all of a sudden in a five minute, 10 minute scene and, you know, they fell apart. And, you know, so it was just, you know, it was tough to connect with them as a team because we only saw quick shots of them as a team up until then, you know, it was just, I don't know, very strange. Definitely, I think a 10 you know, a 10 show series could have filled in that, that gap and made me connect more as a, a viewer. Right. Yeah, I agree. They tried to put too much into a two and a half hour movie 
and the character developments was there, but it wasn't as uh, deep as they were trying to. Another question I had while watching it and then listening to you guys talk is, you know, they, we think they're human at first, but then we slowly realize that it's revealed that they're more, they're, they're not human. They, I got the sense, like you said, they're more robotic or they're artificial. They're life. Yeah. They're artificial. Yeah. Cause I don't think Thanos's snap could have affected any of them because they're not living. Right. And so the whole love story kind of makes me question, you know, what are they? How do they feel emotion? Uh, do they develop emotion? How does, you know, how does that work? And then, yeah, it just seemed like out of, cause they didn't really explain that, you know, do they, I don't know. It was just, that part was confusing too. Yeah. It felt like they were trying to force them to be humans, but yeah. then they aren't human. Yeah. They could right. have explained that how they, why, why they need to have that emotion, why they need to be in love. Mm-hmm. So I think that was why it's a seven for me is just the unexplained things or the things that don't necessarily fit into who these eternals are. Cause I feel like some of them, like the guy who can control minds, he's not necessarily worried about, I mean, he had some emotion that he did about the people, but it was more like this. It was more of an of efficiency thing. Like, why are we, letting them do these things we, when we can just control them and make them do what we want. Mm-hmm. And then um, the goddess of war, Athena, she, you know, her thing is just to fight people, but uh, Cersei and um, the head one, Selma Hayek's character, they seemed to be more. Is it, is it Ajax? Yeah. They seem to be more emotional. While Ajax was uh, not emotional until she came to earth. Um, she did become emotional and started to in, become invested in these these humans. Mm-hmm. And then Cersei was, but Icarus, he didn't seem like he was ever invested in them, right? He was just, hey, this is our mission. We got to do it. And the others kind of seem that way too. So why does Cersei have these emotions and why does she want to protect them when re- really no one else does? I wonder if it has to do with like their powers. Like um, her power is controlling like nature like there's a scene where she has water coming out of her hands and giving it to the plants um but i mean like goddess of war you know she's just all about war so i figured she probably is a little less emotional um but then there's the guy i don't remember the inventor guy who makes all the weapons and then he's just like devastated after the atomic bomb was dropped like he realized this you know this is the result of my weapons and he felt guilty of it but then there's that question they feel guilt their emotions yeah i don't have a problem with them having emotions or developing these but why like that seemed like a big part of the story that wasn't necessarily explained i I think it had to do with their affinity to the people right um because if you think about it circe was always when it, when it watched it, she was always with the people. Right. Right. She was always learning from them, talking to them, being involved with them. And the rest really weren't, you know, I mean, Athena was really worried about, you know, stopping the next invasion, killing, you know, these deviants and things like that. And that's all she was focused on. Icarus was just supporting Ajax, whatever Ajax was doing. Ajax was there to do her mission. You know, they were all like doing their own thing. The inventor guy, whatever. Let me look at this. I can't say inventor guy. <laughs> yeah, Fastos. He, you know, he's worried about making steam engines and then decides to come out with the plow instead. You know, like he's just, you know, um, they were all just uh, so involved in other things and she wasn't. And then, you know, she's even falls in love with one, right. Falls in love with a human. And so none of them really ever get that connection. I think so. I, I think it makes sense. She would, cause she started understanding them. And I, I remember in the thing, it talks about that they were, they were programmed so they can't evolve, but it didn't talk about emotions. And uh, so I'm, and you know that, that I mean, there's gotta be some emotion in there. Um, because obviously we see when they're getting slaughtered, there's a lot of, they're having a hard time with it. 
And so, um, and so I, I think that she was just touched by it a little bit more and she could like be like, look, we can't do this, you know, like we are letting these people die. And then, and then face us all, you know, he had a husband and kids. And so he was, you know, you see the ones that were more in touch with humanity, having more of like that kind of emotion or, you know, or conscience, you know, about it. So I think that like, for me, that wasn't a tough stretch. It was more of their understanding of, of the people. All right. So uh, yeah, I guess if you spend 7,000 years with something, you're going to grow attached to it, I guess, and develop a connection. That's, that makes sense. So as far, like I mentioned earlier, this is, you know, the beginnings of phase four in their storytelling. Uh, I thought it connected really well with the previous phases explained, you know, why they didn't fight or appear when Thanos was there. And I liked how the explanation of when Thanos made the snap, it lengthened their stay, the eternal stay. They still had to, because all these people disappeared. So there wasn't enough energy for the celestial to emerge at Tiamat. And then when he brought him back, then it was time. And I thought that was a clever way and a very good way to bring that whole, to tie those two things together. Was there anything else that you guys saw as far as connecting it with the previous stories that you liked? Mm, yeah, I mean, there weren't a whole lot of references to previous things, but there's also, you can't really find loopholes or, or plot holes. Like, you know, you can't ask, well, where were the Eternals during Iron Man or during these previous movies? Like you can with other, other movies, like you could always ask about where was the superhero? It, it closes it up nice, which is good because, you know, coming this late into the game, you need you need to be able to fill in those plot holes. But now I'm wondering, you know, there has to be Eternals on these other planets because each right. planet has their own set of Eternals, right? Like, That's... what about all those ones that we see in Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, that would be cool if they referenced that. I would like to have seen that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was weird to me <laughs> Odin, uh, Thor has to know who they are right I mean it talked about him running around with one of them as a kid so Odin would have to know who they are and it just seems weird that nobody ever mentioned them before because these are powerful beings I mean I think they're more than a hand like I think they could handle the you know the Avengers looking at them you know they're quite quite strong, quite powerful mm-hmm. in their own right, especially yeah. Icarus. I mean, Icarus is like the, he's pretty much Superman, right? He is the, is what yeah. he is. Yeah. So um, it's just, I had a hard time connecting that, that there's these beings that at least Thor knows about and nobody ever mentioned them before. You know, they're never brought up. They're never nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, and does, then does Thor know that they're an eternal or did he just follow the guy? that wasn't eternal i mean you would think you would know right because like he followed me around as a kid so i don't know well that begs the question because okay so we we hear that and then later on or right around that time we also learn that their memories are wiped after each mission right Mm -hmm. so thor followed him around when he was on earth that's a recent thing yeah i mean it had to be in the last because how old's Thor? So Thor, he's hundreds of years old, right? Maybe thousands? He's thousands, yeah. He's thousands. Okay. Huh. Well, there was the, in Thor, we saw, didn't they, the Asgardians come to Earth at some point in the early history? Yeah, to fight the Frost Giants. Yeah. So it could have been around that time. All right. Let me, let me look how old Thor is. How old is Thor? He's 1,500 years old. Okay. But it was, was it Odin? Was Thor involved with the Frost Giants or was it Odin? No, Odin. It didn't show Thor there. Okay. Um, so it was Odin. But then his dad would have known too, right? With the, the elves. Yeah. So 1,500 years ago, that was 500 A.D.? Yeah, potentially when Thor was following that guy around. Mm-hmm. So he knows they're on Earth. 
He knows who he looks like. And that guy's the Bollywood star. So he's pretty popular in pop culture. And Vision would have known him, right? You think Vision would have put that together. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe, are they trying too hard to make that connection to Thor? Or does it make sense? It would make sense that Thor would know who they are to me because he's so old, especially Odin. Odin's 15,000 years old, you know? So he would have been around, like Odin would have known when they came to Earth. Right. Right. So he had to have known about him. Um, But it's just weird that they didn't, like, yeah, you guys can come and protect this Earth that's under my rule and then one day destroy it. All good. Yeah. Well, it would have been nice to, because I think the Eternals were in development at this time when uh, Infinity War and Endgame were being, you know, made. If Thor was like, well, I know about these Eternals, but they can't help, you know, something like that. Because uh-huh. the the thing that was with Thanos, that wasn't just the Earth, population of the Earth, that was population of the universe being snapped in half. So why wouldn't the Celestials think, oh, this guy is a threat? Plus, he's a deviant. Thanos is half deviant. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't the Eternals see him as a deviant threat? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe especially as snapping half the universe with delay, more yeah. celestials from being born. Dang, you guys are just finding all these plot holes in it now. <laughs> They're just questions. I wouldn't say plot holes <laughs> at this point. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I always thought like, so... Why weren't the wouldn't the Eternals have been? Yeah, no, because they're they're synthetic. They're artificial. They're not real living entities. Hmm. Yeah, it could be it. But then, what about a celestial? Isn't that alive? Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's weird. Are they stronger than Infinity Stones, and so a snap wouldn't take a out a celestial? Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, I mean. from what I read, that's what it said. It said that Thanos with all the infinity stones still didn't have anything on a celestial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They are the, the ultimate power. Um, so what is Marvel gain or what's the point of bringing these humongous powers into the storyline at this point? Is there a threat to them or are they just there to manage the, the Eternals and the other characters we're going to see? Cause at the end of the movie, you know, um, Arashim shows up and takes those three to judge them. So he's getting involved in the situation. You know, what, what, cons- I'm, I guess I'm interested in the consequences of that. I think that'll be the next story for the Eternals. But it's- now it's like they're bringing in two bad guys with Kong and him. Although I didn't think Arashim was really a bad guy, even his motive, I didn't quite agree. If I was an Eternal, I would probably side with um, Superman. What's his name? Icarus. 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 Just because it's just one planet and it's necessary to make more planets. Mm -hmm. The big picture. Yeah, the bigger picture. And they're all going to like die anyways once this mission's done and they're going to start again on a new planet. Like are they just going to have feelings for the next planet too? Yeah. I mean, eventually they need to do it. And they brought up these points, which is good. They, they did a good job exploring both sides of the, yeah. of the issue. And I don't know where I was going with this now, <laughs> but I didn't think that Arisham, he didn't seem like a bad guy. He seemed neutral to me during the whole movie until the very end. It's like, Oh, is he now turned into a bad guy or is he a, a threat now to the larger MCU? I think it's more of like he's been alive for so long, right? That he understands the bigger picture. Like, look, we've got to kill a world to make universes that populate thousands of worlds, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, so the loss of one world in this universe is small beans compared to that, you know? And in order to continue life and continue growing, we have to do this. There's no other way around it. So um, I think he just sees the bigger picture and here a celestial was killed. So for him, it's like, I I have to judge if this is worth it, you know, is the death of someone that can make, you know, create 
trillions and countless lives to exist in this universe, is that loss, is this world more important than that loss? And if it is, great. And if it's not, well, then I'll kill everyone anyway. <laughs> you know, so I think, you know, I just think for him, it's more of like, you know, like, great, you saved, couple, you know, a couple billion lives or, you know, but at, at what what was the trade-off? You know, he's just so neutral. He just sees such a bigger picture than we ever could. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. He's not necessarily a bad guy. He's just a neutral party who has the big picture and understands the process. And the process was disrupted. So he needs to see if that was, if it's worth it, like you said. But I think it is. I think that's what the MCU is going to show us and has shown us. Uh, with especially with the invasion of Thanos, he was a threat to the universe, and the people of Earth stopped him. You know, so I think, you know, how many billions of lives in across the universe did did they save, or did they, you know, bring back, or whatever the case may be? So, and plus, with the upcoming movies, Doctor Strange, in particular, I think we'll see stuff that ties into this. And kind of shows the the value of Earth and Earthlings. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll have it's yet to be seen and determined. Um, one thing that bothered me was Icarus at the end. I thought he. So he he had mercy. He saw what uh, Cersei's plan was and what her where she was coming from. And because of his feelings for her, he yielded to that, even though it was against everything he'd been, you know, trying to do. Um, but then he flew off into the sun and killed himself. Yeah, just commit suicide. <laughs> I, I did not like that for various well, reasons. Unless they're trying to make it seem that he, it looked like he died, but maybe he didn't. Yeah. I'm hoping I, that he didn't die because I think it just seems weird that why would he just do that? Yeah. I think I think they heavily implied that he committed suicide. I don't think I think he'll be back, but that's not the situation now. We don't know that now, and I think that was a bad move, you, to show that because it wasn't like he was a bad guy. He was just trying to enforce the mission, kind of like what we talked about earlier. I mean, it's one thing if, um, one of the evil characters who kills thousands of people on earth decides to end his life. I guess it's a little different, but I don't know. I just, it just bothered me that he, that's how they handled his story there at the end. Um, I'm going to be a little bit unnerdy to, to make this answer. I think it's more of like a Javert moment. If you know who Javert is from Les Miserables. Yeah. Um, in my mind, he he had the center of his life, this mission, and that was everything. I mean, he killed Ajax over it, right? Like, like no, we can't abandon this mission. Like, this, this is what we're here for. We have to complete the mission. And he loved this woman so much, he abandoned that mission. And I think he knew what he did by not killing her was a good thing. I think he was ready and willing to kill anybody else but her. And, and he didn't. And so his mission failed. And so he could live with letting her live, but he couldn't live with failing the mission. Like his center was destroyed. Everything he lived for, everything he'd done. So now for, I think for him, it was in question and he couldn't live with that. He couldn't live knowing that everything he knew was incorrect. He put all his heart and soul into this mission and, and it wasn't that. And I just don't think he could live with that kind of knowing that, you know, like it was just, it destroyed who he was. And so he left, you know, he, he couldn't survive that way. Hmm. I like okay. that. Good point. That's good. I think they would have done better if they would have like, I did just didn't get that impression. Like maybe if they'd have shown like flashbacks, like him thinking about his mistakes or, you know, failing the mission, him, you know, not being able to cope with that and then flying off instead of, it was just like, okay, now he's flying off. What? He's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't believe he's dead. He's too good of a character. They spent too much time developing him to just yeah. not go back to him. And to develop that love story too. Right. Didn't uh, it, what, 
didn't uh, Icarus die because he flew too close to the sun? Yeah, to, he did. Actual, was, yeah, yeah. In, in Greek mythology, that's how he does die. And I thought that was kind of cool how they made it similar and they did that on purpose, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's dead. Um, They'll bring with, him back like they did Wonder Woman's boyfriend. Yeah. Steve Trevor. Which, uh, on a side note, the DC universe does exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, they made two <laughs> references. They talked about Batman and Superman in these movies. I don't know if they did that as like a... Because I when I heard those, I thought they're kind of making light of DCU or making fun of them like, hey, this is our reality. And to us, you guys are just comic books and just action figures. And I mm-hmm. thought, like, huh, that's a, that's a pretty good... Uh, uh, jab they made towards them yeah that was good and then star wars exists too um one of the characters reading a star wars book so lord of the rings exists too ever since the first avengers yeah cool so the the story ends with uh arishem taking cersei the bollywood star and who is the other one Blink, not Blink. What's her name? Uh, did she go? I thought she turned human, so she didn't go. They took the oh. mind control guy. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So he takes them. Then the other three had already left on the ship. Uh, Athena. Um, that's how you know it wasn't good story <laughs> development because we don't know their names. Fastos yeah. or Makari. So Makari is the fast one, right? Right. So she left with Thena. No, the mind control guy left with them too. Festus, I, Festus stayed because he's he's got the husband and the kid, right? Yeah. yeah so Festus, Circe stayed, and Hollywood. Kingo. Yeah. So Arishim came and took them, and then the other three on the ship. This is where we get the first uh, after credit scene. With um, Star Fox, the brother of Thanos, was it? So he said his name was Star Fox, but he's also Eros. Is like his real name, or he has two yeah. names. Mm-hmm. So he shows up, and he says, "I know where these your friends are. Let's go get him." So they decide to go do that. And Star Fox was played by Harry Styles. If you can catch that, mm-hmm. the musician. Uh, who's becoming an actor. Yeah. (laughs) All my nieces love him. Yeah. There were a lot of gas when he showed up in the theater. So (laughs) like pleasantly surprised gas, surprised gasps. Like, Ooh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that was, that was cool. Um, So that that one's pretty self-explanatory, right? It's just, who is the star Fox guy? Who's Eros? Um, I didn't know Thanos had a half brother, so yeah, I was surprised with that. Um, and he's an eternal as well, so that kind of expands the universe a little bit because they went looking for other eternals to go talk to, to try to convince them to not, uh, or I guess to convince them of or talk to them about the overall mission that they didn't know about. I don't know if they want to convince them to stop. Yeah, I think they just want to inform them of like. Yeah. This is really your purpose. Yeah. Because they felt lied to. Um, so that was pretty self explanatory. Sets up uh, possible sequels with these people. Well, so. you know, I think that kind of creates its own plot hole with Thanos. Because if Thanos was a, an eternal, he knows about the celestials, he's well aware of them, right? right knows what their mission is but then he specifically says like i've got to destroy half the half the population because our resources our resources are finite right means they that will run out but that's not true if these celestials are continually making galaxies and worlds and things no they're infinite because they keep expanding and they'll never end you know they won't won't stop so if he knows that, that seems kind of like a plot hole. Like, why would he say that if he knows that it's not true? Anyways. Right. Yeah, it brings up that question for sure. Uh, so Eros is, according to Marvel database, Eros is the youngest son of two Eternals, 
A. Lars and Suisan. Um, Eternals can have kids now? What? And Thanos is half. Sounds like he's half eternal, half deviant. Or he has a, a deviant strain or something. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's the mad Titan because of the deviant part of it. So, yeah. So that's kind of self-explanatory. It sets up the some other stories. You know, how they're going to, these characters, uh, Athena and everybody else is going to try and rescue uh, their friends is my guess. Uh, the second after credit scene was a little more deeper and I had to look that up. It did bring up, so we see the boyfriend of Cersei, um, Dane Whitman. He had hinted that he had a, a past, you know, his family history was a little complex. sketchy or complex. Yeah. So he was just about to explain it when the Hershim shows up and takes her. And then he goes to this place and he has this big box. He opens it up and it's a dark sword. And they had hinted at it earlier in the movie. Um, Sprite asks Thena, is that the ebony blade? And she says, no, this is Excalibur. Yeah. So they had brought it up at that point. But here we see the ebony blade, which is... Um, the sword of the black knight mm-hmm. and apparently i didn't know this the black knight was heavily involved with the avengers in the 90s comics and was one of the main avengers at that point but the thing with the ebony blade um it's as you the more you use it the more you kill people with it it drives the the wielder crazy kind of affects their mental health and they um eventually just have, you know, go crazy from using it so much. So that's the drawback. The, the power it wields is also the power that um, destroys you. And I think it's inscribed on there somehow, death is my release, implying that the only way you get to get out of it is to die. But the big thing is we hear that voice that says, are you sure you're ready for that, Mr. Whitman? And my first thought was that it was um, Nick Fury it yeah, it did sound like him. My nephews like were asking me if that was him, and it kind of did, but yeah, it wasn't him. Yeah, after I thought about it, I was like, no, I don't think so. So I went and looked on the internet, and it's allegedly, I guess, well, not allegedly, the director, Chloe Zhao, confirmed that it was Mahershala Ali who's been announced as the new Blade oh. in the upcoming Blade movie. Yeah, the Ebony Blade has a crazy history, right? So, I mean, you could technically bring in a ton of people. Blade, Merlin was involved, um, Morgana, Sir Reginald, right? Like, there's so many people involved with this Ebony Blade. Uh, Dracula. (laughs) So, I think it could be, it opens the door to a lot of interesting storylines. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's along the lines of the after credit scene in Iron Man 2, was it? when um the uh, the general shows up to talk to tony stark in the bar kind of that type of level of crossover Mm. and with blade coming out soon next couple years uh, that'll be a great tie-in see how that works yeah so interesting film overall it makes me wonder because the next few movies are spider-man no way home which deals with the multiverse from what we've seen in the trailer Loki just ended with the multiverse going crazy. Then after Spider-Man, I guess we have Morbius, who's a vampire. But I don't think that'll tie into it. Um, and then after that is the Doctor Strange movie, the multiverse of madness. So for the next two movies, two big movies anyway, it's multiverse stuff. After ending Loki on multiverse stuff. So <laughs> where is this? You know, when are we going to get back to the Eternals? Probably not for a while. Yeah. So, so that's disappointing. I wonder if they'll move it over to a series. Like they introduced it, now they'll move it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be good. But overall, I think it played well into the Marvel, already established Marvel universe. It sets up a new direction. You know, these aren't your average superheroes. And they're not even human. 
but they do have the power to turn themselves human, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. If they can kill a celestial, then they can turn someone into a human. Yeah. So um, I'm interested to see where the story goes. Hopefully it's not like another couple of years. Hopefully they have something in the pipeline to at least address it and talk about it a little bit more, but we'll see. Uh, any parting thoughts on the Eternals, Kimball? Um, just talking about this just makes me, it just gets heavy and it's like, wow, you know, is, how long are we going to keep going down this direction of the MCU? I was, I saved an article to read for later and it had something to do with like, you know, is it time to end the MCU? And it's like, I just wonder how long can they keep this up before it just topples among itself. And this is just getting deep and, and, uh, and complex, but I'm still liking it. I'm still a fan. So I, this left me, you know, on a po- left me on a positive note. I'm still going to keep being a fan of the MCU and, I like the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just think that um, this opens a lot of doors to to new storylines that may not be as popular as the, as the normal ones. And uh, I think that's a good thing. Um, I also think it could be a rabbit hole. So like you said, you know, let's get this multiverse stuff figured out and wrap it up and then figure out where we're going. Because right now it's just never-ending storylines and mm-hmm. they just keep getting crazier yeah that's a good point the mold i'm confused about the multiverse right now i mean i understand it but i don't under, i don't see the point of it or where it's going hopefully that's revealed in the next couple of movies but for right now it's just confusing i kind of like it um and then the eternals where's that going not necessarily confused but just wondering you know a lot of wondering what's going on right now um, I think the pandemic kind of pushed things around. So it's lengthened. Like they wanted to get the, like this was supposed to come out last year, I think. Um, it was the original uh, release date. So they're having to drag these stories out and release things earlier. Uh, some movies earlier than they wanted to and push back others. So it, it, that whole, just the release schedule is confusing. So there's a lot of unknown right now with this. And hopefully, within the next few months, they can get it nailed back down and get it back on track. Also the guardians of the galaxy three is coming out. I'm sure that'll, you know, that's a, a universe type movie, not just an earth centered movie. So I think that'll um, perhaps uh, fill us in on some things as well. So, but like I said, overall seven good movie, but still just not enough context for me as to what's where this fits in. So hoping that comes out in the future but thanks for listening to us guys uh here on the credible nerds podcast Uh, we do like the marvel movies Uh, check out our previous marvel episode reviews we also talk about star wars dc star trek lots of all the franchises so check out our other podcasts our other reviews uh find us on social media credible nerds on twitter instagram facebook join in on the conversation there if there's stuff that you are listening that we're talking about that's you feel like you need to clarify or fill us in or let us know where we're wrong or right, send us an email podcast at crediblenerds.com. We'll read it and we'll talk about it. So, but we do want to thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next time. See you guys. See you later. So Spider-Man. Is that the no. next one? December it comes out? Yeah, I think that's the next MCU. And I'm then, that it's so close to this one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think that'll, like I said, cause more confusion about the multiverse, but then I think Doctor Strange will wrap it up or at least put put it in the Ant- right direction. Ant-Man will is also going to be. Yeah, that's true. Ant-Man's that multiverse. But I think they pushed that back to 2023. Yeah. 
along with Guardians 3. Did you guys not watch What If? Yeah. No, I haven't yet. Oh, you haven't? Uh, I did. That was good. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, different angle, cartoons and stuff. Yeah. It was better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. About, I think the the one with, oh, shoot. It was either the second or the third episode. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't like that episode. Yeah. I didn't know like where it was going yeah. until finally like the sixth one. And I was like, okay, kind of see how they're piecing this together. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like WandaVision, like. I know you hate it, Mark, but like, yeah, I didn't know where that was going um, for a while. Then it started to come together. Yeah. Gotta watch it, Mark. <laughs> Not a fan. I, you, I cannot bring myself. Like, I hit that episode four, and everyone's like, watch it after episode four. I'm like, look, it is so bad. I do not, like, hate myself enough to watch one more episode, <laughs> even if it's good. I just, I, I can't do it. I have too much self-esteem. <laughs> too much self-esteem. <laughs> I just was, it was just so terrible. I don't know. And I, you know, I'm sure it's good, but like, I'm like, okay, I just, I took a break and then I watched Loki and I really like Loki. So. Yeah. Did you see Winter Soldier and Falcon or whatever? Falcon. Winter no, Soldier. not yet. Cause I was going to watch it after uh, mm. um, WandaVision and that one, like, I just couldn't. And the only reason I watched Loki is because I was at work and someone was watching like the first episode and lunch and I was watching it. I was like, oh, this looks good. So then I started watching it. Okay. Winter Soldier is good. Um, it's the Super Soldier storyline that they dropped back way, way back when. Kind of goes back to that. Oh, yeah. And they're looking like they get a replacement for uh, Captain America, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was he was probably the best part of the whole thing towards the end. I thought who, who was the best part? The new Captain America, because you, you love mean, to hate him, right? You mean John? Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, he was just a new character. You didn't know. Yeah, he that's what I heard. Brought a new angle to things. Like we knew who Falcon is. We know who Winter Soldier is, but he was just kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. He was, he was a bad guy, but he redeemed himself. A bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked that. It was something new from what we've seen. So. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to watch it, but yeah. we shall see. 